we are 99% of the time executing, 1% of the time planning. My name is Varun Balsara. And hi everyone, I'm Luke Nethercliffe. Welcome to The Human Entrepreneur. I think this this is a slightly technical episode. It was speaking about his journey of building an, um, an app that helps endurance athletes uh, perform at its best by catering to specific um, body types and specific um, people. I mean, it was a very personalized way of looking at endurance athletes. Um, and the way he did it was, the way he's doing it, I think is quite interesting. Um, he's following a very specific method and I really, really enjoyed uh, listening to that. Uh, the whole idea of jobs to be done or for example uh, taking inspiration from the bombs test which is actually a really nice book i recommend every one of you to read it um, if you're starting out as an entrepreneur or wants to build something it's an absolutely stellar book short book like he said but very interesting it uh, tells you what are the right questions you need to ask and i think that's very important in starting a business anyway so the the key takeaways is yeah a start start early start quick but also start by asking the right questions and do your groundwork do your research understand who your customer really is and it's okay it's, it's actually humbling uh, to realize that maybe your customer that you thought was your customer may not be your customer and i think there's a huge distinction between a customer and a user and sometimes they might be the same but other times they might not be so for example, a customer might be someone who pays for your service, but a user is someone who uses the service. So let's take, for example, a um, someone who's providing psychology services to universities. The customer becomes the institution of the university who pays the, the service provider of these services, but the, the user himself uh, or herself becomes the student who is looking at these services, using these services. So I think understanding that A, whether your customer and your user is different and B, whether the customer and the user is the same can actually help um, in conceptualizing the whole process of who you're targeting and how you're targeting and how you do it. David Suarez, he is from Colombia. He is he studied a master's last year in innovation and entrepreneurship at the uh, at the Warwick University, and uh, he is currently a first time founder. Hi, David. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks, William. Uh, thank you for having me. So, a, a quick introduction. I mean, I barely scratch the surface of who you are. Why don't you explain to us who you are, what you do, what's your story? Well, I've I studied. I did my undergrad in industrial engineering. Uh, back in Colombia. Then I gained some work experience because I, I, I mean, I, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur um, somehow. Um, like my first venture was selling, uh, like I made some sweets made out of jelly when I was like 10 or 11. And I started selling them to my friends and, and people in the street. Nice. Um, uh, and I employed a bunch of my friends. <laughs> nice. So um, it's always been like um, something that is inside me. I just wanted to be like um, an entrepreneur um, in in that sort of sense. So when I when I did my undergrad, um, I, I don't know. I just kind of follow along with what um, society just tells you to do. Okay, yeah, you just need to go get a job in a big, big company gain some experience and probably then you just take the leap and, and, and become an entrepreneur. 
Um, So, uh, yeah, I got a job. I worked for uh, quite a long while. And then I decided, okay, just just to say, I need to I need to do it now, or, or, or otherwise I'll, I won't do it any <laughs> any any time. So um, uh, I realized that I needed um, a, a bunch of tools that I, I was missing. So I just decided, okay, uh, I want to go to the UK and and do a, a master's in innovation and entrepreneurship. And I found that um, that gave me kind of the network and the some of the tools that um, I'm currently using to start my business. So that's my 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 story. Nice, nice. So uh, in Colombia, you did an industrial engineering. That was how many years? Oh, um, was that a four-year degree? Yeah, that's a four-year degree. Yeah. Okay. And uh, at that point, did you have any sort of uh, entrepreneurial itch to start something, or did it come about when you started actually working? You said you had enough. Well, um. I mean, I always had uh, ideas, uh, well, uh, especially with uh, uh, one of my best friends, he just uh, always talking about, like, we, we should do this, we should start selling this and that. And um, But it, it just, we just didn't make it happen anyway. So um, so there was a bunch of ideas, but then I, I just got into the corporate world. And then, you know, the risk is that um, it just sucks you in and, yeah uh, you know um kind of uh, you live in that world where where yeah you you get a promotion you get more money you get more power more people uh that you can uh manage and this kind of thing so um i just i just had to uh you know break the break the wheel at some point now you're a well you're a student entrepreneur you just finished your master's uh you're working on your project talk to me about your project what what are you building I have a co-founder. We are called Crydafid. We're, we're building an app that will be sort of like a coach, like an automated coach for endurance athletes. So people who runs, uh, cyclists, triathletes, uh, that sort of sports. Um, so it's just basically trying to personalize the training plan for for these people yeah so how, 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 how do you uh, go about doing it what, what's the tech behind it what's the idea behind it how are you differentiating yourself from the competition mainly the the things that um, most of the apps that are, are out there for endurance athletes and for yeah. fitness in general they'll give you um a bunch of data they'll give you nice charts um of what you're doing um but they don't really give you any feedback on it. So uh, take, take Fitbit, for, for instance, you just, I mean, it will tell you, yeah, you've, uh, I don't know, you've run five kilometers and you're, today you've uh, done, uh, I don't know, a uh, hundred uh, thousand steps. I don't, I don't, I don't mind if yeah. that's correct or not, but um so what what but what do you do with this stuff um with this data you don't do much with it uh, i mean just um you just can show it off show off to people oh yeah uh, i i did a hundred thousand steps today but um but uh, how do you know that's really helping you achieve what you you set up to to do so for example if you plan to run a marathon and you never run a marathon or even if you have run one but you want to improve your time um, how do you know what's the best approach to train? Right. So that's 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 the edge. So we're uh, personalizing 
uh, the, the algorithm is just finding those types of exercises that uh, work out for every uh, for for each individual. Um, so you can do more of those uh, and stop doing those that are not helping you at all. Um, ah, so it's like a it's like a very specialized niche that you found, which is basically high performance athletes trying to run marathons or cyclists that are trying to do the yeah, distance. You don't have to be a, a professional or or high end, uh, but you you need to be like regular and and. Uh, highly committed to it yeah yeah but yeah so it is it is it is for the advanced athlete or the intermediate athlete not so much the beginner athlete yeah at, at, at first it's not not so much for the beginners so so you get this idea you understand that there's a niche in the market you start developing it talk me through then how do you actually um get from an idea to actually developing the app what's the story there yeah no okay so um the idea came from actually from my dissertation uh, because i mean for my dissertation i had to um come up with a business idea and try to develop it and and uh, to to some extent try to test if it will be a a good idea or not yeah to Mm -hmm. to pursue Uh, and and it all started with nutrition so it didn't have to to do with, I mean, it had to do with sports because he was a sports nutrition, but it didn't have to do with training. <laughs> so, but then um, um, I follow I follow this methodology called jobs to be done. So uh, basically, you, you you're trying to frame the needs of the people in terms of a job. So um, uh, the like the classic example of this is you don't need a drill um you need a hole in the wall so mm. so you buy the drill as a means to get that hole in the wall right so it's the same for, following that principle i try to go about like okay um how do people uh, eat for the training and these kind of things and try to find um a need that was uh, unexploited by the market um, um, and the good thing is that um, following this approach i realized that um, i started getting interested in endurance athletes because um, the longer you run or the longer you do any any kind of sports uh, uh, for a certain uh, the harder it is to uh, get the nutrition right yeah. So, um, so I realized that uh, through interviewing people, um, I interviewed triathletes, um, runners, uh, cyclists. Uh, I mean, I interviewed this uh, uh, a lady that does randoneering cycling, which is like these crazy um, long distance races that um, you do, um, for example, 1,200 kilometers in like two or three days. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's very long and very demanding. And um, and you start when you when you talk to people and when you approach your potential customers, you start realizing whether or not what you have in your mind um, actually fixes something uh, um, in their lives. So I realized that not many people was really keen on um, getting 
personalized nutrition because that was my my goal at first. Uh, but there was a lot of opportunities uh, around the training, the training side. It was a bit contradictory because uh, at first I thought, I mean, there's millions of apps for training, but uh, how come this is not fixed already? Um, but I found this to be particularly uh, very painful for certain type of people. Um, so it all started with nutrition and then it started to go uh, towards the um, training. And then I started doing interviews and trying to do surveys around training as well. So how did you go about doing your research? Um, you said interviews, you said uh, surveys. What do you think was the best way to do it? If you have to advise us, your fellow student entrepreneurs who are probably listening to this, what's the best way to actually uh, get user insight? Is it observation? Is it focus groups? Is it interviews? What type of interviews? Well, for me, it really depends on what your market is. The good thing about endurance athletes in general is that they are very open to try new things. And uh, in general, people like to talk about what they do um, and that other than themselves and their goals and what they have achieved. So if you're talking to sports people, which was, uh, was my target market, it is my target market. If you ask them, OK, what's your personal best time for a marathon? They will go crazy and they'll start talking uh, talking to you. So uh, for me, interviews was kind of uh, very valuable. But then, um, I mean, at, at, to some point, uh, you don't have the time or the means to interview a lot of people. I mean, uh, I, I did probably around like nine or ten interviews. And then I move on to putting that into... Um, paper, so putting it, uh, for example, in the in the lean canvas or something like that. I use, yeah. uh, as I told you, I use the jobs to be done. So there's a jobs to be done canvas. Yeah. Um, I, I use that one because that's even before the the lean canvas or the business model canvas. So you you do that and you put your all your assumptions or whatever you um, your hypothesis about what what these people have told you that they 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 do under what might they need and then i do i, I run a survey um it was a it was a bit hard to get people to answer my survey um i mean obviously the the good thing is that i had the advantage of having my dissertation to make so i run it on facebook on many groups uh, under the excuse that i wanted to uh, i needed that for my dissertation which i did but uh, in the end, it helped me uh, getting people to click and say, OK, uh, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll help you out with your dissertation. Uh, because if you try to do it as a business, then it's kind of, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, makes sense. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, it really depends on who your customer is. So for, for me, uh, uh, the way to go was that because um, you get easily I mean, people get easily triggered by asking them about their achievements in sports so um, I just talked to them um, the other thing I did was um, I I went for I went to the park runs so there are these events that happen in every town in in, in England and in many countries as well but it's a thing that started here in in the UK and every Saturday at 9 a.m you can find uh, a local park run and you go there and there's like 500 people running 5k 
Oh, wow. um, so you could you, you just get to engage with that people and see uh, and talk to them and see. Uh, for example, I, I sometimes I brought like the mockups of my app to them, uh, and I just ra- ask randomly, okay, uh, what did you take a look at what I'm doing uh, and see if uh, um, see what they think. Um, and 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 that's that gives you gives you really valuable feedback. So th- yeah, uh, I think at first I would recommend interviews, hands down. Uh, and if you want to, uh, if you're targeting like loads of people, then try to run a survey, um, or just for example set up a, a website and try to do something. Um, so f- one of the things that we are planning to do right now is to, on our website, we want to put a lot of, um, like a library of a lot of uh, training plans, but like set training plans. So people will go and find training plans there. And then um, you get a lot of attention from people Uh, by doing something like uh, there is uh, I mean, for us, it's not really a, a, a massive effort. We just scrape the web for um, websites with training plans, and we just link to them. <laughs> um, okay. But people will fail. Uh, will will uh, will get to our um, our website, and then somehow we can engage with that people, with our audience, and see uh, and ask them questions. Uh, these kind of things. So I I, I think. Um, just need to be creative and and try and test uh, if things. Uh, I mean, if you try something and it doesn't work, um, try to reflect on why it didn't why why it didn't work. If you needed to change something that it, to make it work, or it just uh, is not worth it and try it on another thing. So very very insightful, David. Um, I think you spoke about um, you had about a couple of interviews. You you did about a few interviews with endurance athletes. Did you find any useful tips while, uh, can you can you share some useful insights or tips when, when you interview people? Because obviously the answer is only as good as the question being asked. So yeah. um, any, any good uh, ideas on how one can question um, uh, their potential customer um, to actually then gain some valuable insights? If you're just trying to look for pain points, then you shouldn't definitely mention your business idea. There's a, a really good book that I like. Uh, it's a very short one as well. Uh, it's called The Mom Test. Mm, yes. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely I would recommend anyone who's starting a business to uh, read that. Uh, it's very short. It's, I, I don't know, it's something like 50 pages or maybe a bit more, but, but it's, 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 not, it's not very long. But it's, uh, it gives you this example of um, if you ask, I mean, if you ask your mom, I mean, I have this amazing app that I'm building. Uh, would you buy it? Of course, your mom will say yes. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it's your mom. It's your mom. Yeah. But if you, for example, you ask your mom, okay, mom, so how are you getting off with your new phone? Have you downloaded any apps yet? Uh, and this kind of things. And your mom, app? What's an app? <laughs> how do you download uh, it yeah. <laughs> what do you mean yeah then yeah. you realize yeah. mom is probably not your target market right I don't know. so yeah. so that's the thing you, you probably ask people 
um, a lot of what are they doing to solve the problem that you believe you you want to you want to solve yeah right so for instance i will ask people how do you train uh where do you get your programs from Um, the training do you use an app uh so how um what do you think of that app yeah um is it useful for what you do does it cause you trouble does it cause you uh uh, and then and then you figure out how people solve the the actual problem that you uh, and then in between people will just start complaining or people would just say everything is wonderful with this and then you you kind of realize if that person is really your target audience or not because uh, that person could probably say yeah uh, this app that I use is wonderful or I hire a coach uh, and it's the best thing that I ever had I don't have any uh, uh, many problems with it and another person will will tell you oh I use this that same app and it's completely rubbish I, I like to do uh, it doesn't work for me because of this and that and that and then uh, then you, you you start getting those insights that are really valuable um, so yeah so as I see it's more about uh, active listening it's more about uh, the em- showing empathy towards your user and then gaining valuable insights rather than looking at the user and saying, hey, I want to pitch you my app, I want to pitch you my product, and will you buy it or not? So it's more about understanding their needs and catering to that, building up that database and then providing that service at the later stage to them. Exactly, yeah. Just uh, just try to identify something that is really valuable and worthy. After you've done that, you can come back to that person and say, hey, um, remember that conversation we had, okay, um, well, you didn't like this app because that and that and that. What if I can offer you this? Um, mm. Would you be willing to pay, I don't know, £10 a month or £20 a month or whatever you want to charge? And right. that person will, and the conversation will change, but since you already know what that person doesn't like and on, on what is needing, um, the person will probably say, yeah, I will probably pay that or um, I would probably pay less and then you start validating uh, another crucial step is that validating the pricing at first stage users need to find what's really the pain point in the in the customer so moving on you 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 write a dissertation you understand the need you get your product you start doing your interviews Uh, what next where does where does all of this take you then then you end up with a, a beautiful business model canvas or something like that uh, and then you start testing out this hypothesis that you have you have some sort of validation from what you've done before but what you really want to do is try to solve it for people that's what you when you have to do the mvp the minimum viable product but for for us was like okay we cannot really build uh, the whole app without a lot of effort or money. So uh, what can we do? So we decided to do a sort of concierge MVP. Uh, So it's just a non-tech version of it. So basically people will give us access to their data. Uh, I will analyze it and I have like a wonderful Excel spreadsheet that shows me how a a person has done their, their training for the last week or two weeks. And I will um, say, okay, yeah, I, I'm I'm just 
basically doing what the app's supposed to do. Yeah, and tell you, okay, yeah, you did well in this, you didn't do well in that. Your your next week of training should look like this. Yeah. Oh, so um, you're basically looking at it from like you're basically becoming their personal trainer in this MVP. Kind of thing, yeah, but um, in the way that, uh, yeah, mimicking the same way the app will do it. You have to be careful not to give more value than uh, you can actually give with the uh, with the app. Ah, okay. So, yes. Um, so you cannot really like be like the personal trainer that uh, talks to the person. Oh, what's wrong? Oh, you have you have problems at home or whatever. I don't know, or at work or yeah, that kind of thing you kind of do with an app. So um, I'm just analyzing the data and given the feedback on the data yeah right right um, makes and, sense yeah exactly so w- when when you you start doing that with, with several people who are just willing to to join and then you start building that mvp from from those uh, from that that interaction with people so you obviously want to talk to the person as well because you want to gi- uh, uh, tell them okay i give you this report uh, so what do you think of it? Do you understand it? Uh, is it easy to interpret? Is it good? Is the data valid? Uh, whatever, yeah? Uh, yeah? And then the person will start say, telling you, okay, uh, I don't like this, I like, I do like this, this is on point. Um, yeah, and, and, that, and, and that starts building up uh, the actual features of the MVP. So that, that, was, um, that was happening for the last, like, um, Three months or so, um, and now and now we're in a position that we know what we want in our MVP, and when we're starting uh, and we are really starting working out on building those uh, those things. So you so from what did you call it the concierge MVP? Yeah. Okay, so you you're now getting from the concierge MVP to the actual MVP where you'll be actually then launching the app. Yeah. On on say Play Store and uh, and the Apple Store. Um, yeah, well, I mean, first it will be a web app. So okay, a web app. Okay. Yeah, and then we move into a mobile app. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, okay. still a web app will work on a mobile device, but yeah. Well, I want to congratulate you, David, on the work done so far. I think you've put in a lot of work into the whole uh, whole idea of of your app, and I hope it uh, it takes off. Um, so. It'll be about five questions. If I want, I'll ask you less or more, depending on how it flows. But uh, okay. these are five, uh, well, more or less five questions, and you have to answer them really quickly without without thinking. Are you ready? Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. First question: What do you do first thing you wake up in the morning? Oh, uh, shower. <laughs> um, last thing you do before going to sleep? Think about my girlfriend. I know. Interesting. You said think and not call. Oh, um, we're we're right now. We're long distance, so. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Where, where is she right now? Uh, Qatar. Ah, okay. Um, okay. Third question is favorite podcast, apart from this one, of course. The the family podcast. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite uh, music that you're crushing on right now? Taki Taki. <laughs> okay. Any favorite? Uh, type of music like any genre you listen to oh in general like uh 
chill out kind of thing. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, favorite movie? Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And favorite book? I mean, I will going to try to translate it. The Happy Life of a Young Man Called Stevan. Okay. Okay. Now, I know, like, from our conversation that we've had in the past, uh, I know this might be a little bit of a sensitive topic, but I genuinely feel like there's a lot of value in sharing this because I feel many, many uh, founders uh, face this problem, and that is the conflict between the founder and the co-founder. So talk to me about that. Uh, there, there, there was a co-founder shift, right, that happened between your... Um, within your within your service within your company uh talk to me about what went wrong what happened what are your learnings yeah definitely so um well at the beginning um we we were two co-founders and we get along really well we're friends and we're still friends so um but the, the thing is that at first uh we decided yeah i mean uh, we have some sort of complementary skills we were both very passionate about sports. Our networks will complement each other pretty well as well, because that's really important. Um, you need a lot of networking to make a business really work. Uh, and it was all, all, all good. And we started, we started uh, trying to uh, raise funding and trying to get into um, this, the, accel- the graduate accelerator program in the, in that, is offered by Warwick and our, our first attempt was was unsuccessful and the thing is that dealing with that kind of rejection can be really hard for for uh, some some people uh, you have to be very resilient obviously you felt bad and you like oh yeah I've been rejected but then um, the, the smart thing to do is just go in and okay ask for feedback if it's available and try to learn from that feedback and, and, and see how, how you can improve. Um, but uh, emotionally, it's a different thing. So what happened was that we were really engaged. We were really um, positive and, uh, and trying to push it, uh, work hard. But after that rejection, uh, it started becoming uh, a bit harder. We started like having a conversation and then suddenly it shifted towards yeah, we should change our business idea. But to some extent, I felt that my co-founder at that time felt that the validation was coming from the people from the Grader Accelerator program rather than the actual customers. And I and I told her that. I mean, I think the only the only person or people that can really tell you what uh if the business idea is good or not is the actual market not some people uh in an accelerator program yeah True. um but then we couldn't manage it quite well and i think uh i wasn't like um at first very straightforward or about talking about it with her um about what was going on uh, we had some conversations every now and then about about this and how things were progressing, um, and she started showing interested interest interest for different things. So, um, and then she mentioned, "Okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going away for some time." Uh, we weren't there at that point where 
we were doing the concierge MVP or anything like this. Um, so um, uh, it was all an idea on paper based on uh, the interviews, based on uh, uh, the survey that I run and these kind of things, but it, it wasn't really um, something that you could say I will uh, start uh, building something out of it. Uh, I think the lesson for me was that really you need to, when you, when, when you notice that there's some doubt uh, and serious doubt, not like, oh, one day I woke up and I don't feel uh, this is going to work. It's, it's a recurrent thing, yeah? Um, you need to talk about it openly. Um, and you need to set the expectations clearly between the team members. What do you expect of, of this? Uh, after, I mean, if we if we can make this work, what is this going to happen? What's the vision? Uh, and you have to have a clear vision. At that time, we didn't have a clear vision um, on what this will become. Fortunately, the thing is that um, at the same, uh, another thing that happened, it was uh, uh, there was a, a bit of a conflict of uh, values between uh, between the team because we had a third member, which is my co-founder, current Chrome founder, and uh, our views of fitness and gets fit um, and why people does it um, are different, which is okay. Um, but there was some slight friction there. There was a slight friction there that uh, we, we couldn't manage and uh, at some point well, she just decided, my, my previous co-founder just decided, uh, you know, uh, I'm done with this, you know, uh, and, and, and you just have to move on and, uh, and keep, uh, keep going. Well, thank you so much for sharing this. I mean, it's quite insightful. How did, how did this make you feel? Uh, I mean, someone who was so close to you, who was founding this with you, suddenly just didn't believe in the idea anymore. Um, and then that's obviously that obviously plays with you mentally as well. How did you cope with it? What were your strategies? Anything you learned through this process? Uh, one of the things was that um, it, it all happened at a, at a crucial time because yeah. I had to uh, upload the application for the startup visa scheme. Um, and, and it all happened like a few days back before that. So it was emotionally was quite shocking for me. I was like, okay, I need to do all these things that the other person was doing. And you had like a few days to do it and, and learn how to do things that I didn't know how to do. Just take a deep breath and do what you got to do, you know. Um, what was your co-founder doing at that? Um, it was a was bit so of marketing. Different... Uh, okay, so okay. marketing research, uh, um, uh, marketing, uh, some uh, ads, online ads. So I had to come up with uh, making some pictures and images and uh, nice. the copy right. for the for the ads and setting up everything. So, uh, so you were looking more of the, I, were you more of the business development side of things? Were you more um, product product business development, networking, outreach, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I was, uh, I mean, I have a lot of experience in product development. Okay. So uh, I know all of that. Uh, marketing hasn't been my my forte. So I, I just, so you had to learn it yeah. slow and steady. Yeah, yeah. And are you are you uh, did you do you learn how to code? Um, are you are you a coder? 
I'm, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not the best coder out there, but I know how to code simple stuff. Okay. Um, I know how to build a website. Um, I mean, that's something that it's easy, even if you don't know how to code. Right. It can be yeah, done. That's true. Yeah. So uh, I think that's basic for any founder, especially first time founder. Just need to learn how to just set up a simple land, uh, landing page. Yeah. 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 Very true. All right. Um, so just by concluding the business part of um, what you are as a student entrepreneur, any, any, any um, business advice that you'd like to uh, give to our, our viewers, any nuggets of wisdom? I think what I most see from serious entrepreneurs is that they tend to give up easily. <laughs> so don't give up. Yeah, uh, I think it's, uh, it's hard, uh, especially the first time you do it, I think. Um, uh, it can be um, a bit scary talking to people, uh, approaching someone who's older than you, because I mean, I, I, I sell these things to people who's like 40, 50 years old. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, and then um, it's okay. I mean, if you know your thing, just go and do it, right? Um, just go talk, uh, don't be scared. I think it's more like uh, be consistent, be resilient. If you fail, uh, learn from it. Ask for feedback every time. That's uh, that's my advice. If you don't ask for feedback, um, chances are you won't learn anything. Um, I talked to this. Uh, I met the CEO, the, the CEO of uh, Revolut uh, a few months back. And, uh, and he told me, you know, we are 99% of the time executing, 1% of the time planning. So wh how, how do your days look like? What, what, what time do you sleep? What time do you wake up? Uh, where does exercise play a role? I mean, I exercise a lot. Um, uh, I have two reasons for that. One is I love it. And the second, I need the data. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes. So, so yeah. Um, uh, right now I'm exercising uh, in the mornings. I started this year to do that because it was causing me troubles uh, that if I went after like after like uh, work or like in the afternoon, uh, it was breaking my day too much. So mm. I've decided, okay, exercise is quite important, especially if, if I mean if you find something that you like to do, just go and do it because it will um, it will make you think of something else, focus on something different. Um, and at some point, I found myself that I'm swimming, for example, in, in, in the swimming pool and just, oh, I have this great idea. <laughs> just, just come out yeah. of there yeah. and something yeah. that might work. So David, one more thing that you, I, I really like that you brought up uh, was you, you, you said you're, you're in a relationship and uh, you had to negotiate with your girlfriend uh, the, whole, the whole idea of you being an entrepreneur and you having a lot of priorities and this means it's important to you. How did you go about having that conversation? Um, what was it like? Any tips for entrepreneurs who are in a relationship and some things they should keep in mind or avoid? Well, it, it really depends uh on i mean 
your relationship and and your personality. I'm really straightforward in that sense. So um, I like to have things clear, um, and and that avoids any kind of unexpected things. You know, um, I started my relationship last year when I was doing my uh, my masters. She was doing a masters as well. So um, the thing is that uh, I was very straightforward, and I told her, you know, I'm I'm doing this. This is my plan. Um, uh, and also for studying, I was studying a lot uh, because um, I wanted to do a good dissertation, not because of the, not only because of the academic merit, because, uh, but also because it will help me with my business. So, um, so kind of be clear of that and, and be straightforward. It worked for me. Um, I think because I, oh, I've been always like that uh, since we started our relationship. So, yeah, um, it depends. But I think speaking speaking that openly to the person and and, and sharing what you what you want to, uh, what are your goals? What do you want to take out of this? uh entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneurship thing and, and i mean how much time do you really ex expect this to take out of your day or your social life or your love life or whatever and make agreements with that person so for example what worked for us was uh, yeah, that she i mean we would ask each other okay tomorrow how's your day and uh, so you you'll be clear on when you can contact that person when uh when uh, that person will be available um, and it worked both ways because of course she had to study she had to do her own things and uh, I, and I knew okay she's busy now so um, okay. so that's the thing um, I think that's that's pretty much you you need to start the conversation I guess hey guys thank you so much for listening would love to hear your thoughts as well write to us of course um, on the human entrepreneur at gmail.com all right that's all from me guys thank you so much for uh, for sticking out we hope to hear from you uh, as always like comment subscribe share it with your friends we love you